Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. Well, today we're discussing my conversation with Mark Irwin. Mark is currently the president and CEO of Bardstown Bourbon, one of my favorites here in Kentucky, where he and his team are doing incredible things to stand out in a really crowded and very hot category, the bourbon category. Now, before that, He spent 25 years serving in the Army where he led the super elite Delta Force on countless top secret missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. This guy has seen it all, and he has put himself in harm's way for our country. He's an amazing guy. I love the fact how he just worked his way up in the military to lead Delta Force, which is the elite fighting force for our country. Then, you know, moved into the private sector, served on some boards, found his way to the bourbon business and Bardstown Bourbon and is uh, blazing new trails. This is a guy who knows himself and grows himself. Gosh, this conversation was so fascinating. You know, when I first started listening to it, I'm thinking, this is a bourbon guy. I'm going to hear a lot about bourbon and it's going to be cool, but it's going to be about bourbon. And then Mark starts going into all of these stories working with the Delta Force and on all these crazy missions. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's an animal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he certainly is one of a kind. And I can't wait after that to hear the questions you want to ask me about this conversation. All right, well, let's roll with it, David. Question number one. One thing you asked, Mark, that really struck me was you were talking to him about these Delta Force missions, and you said, you know, Mark, you go into battle knowing you're going to get shot at. How can you prepare for something you know is going to be tough and dangerous? And his answer was incredible and fascinating and cool and all those things. But I'm curious, David, what's your response to that question in a business setting? How would you prepare for something that you know is going to be really bad? Let me first of all start by just thanking Mark Irwin and all the other people in our country who have put themselves in harm's way so that we can enjoy the freedom that we have. You know, I never served in the military, but I thank God for all the people that are out there doing God's work and keeping our country free and safe. And I don't think there's anything that comes close to getting shot at in business, but you're right. We do go into bad situations, tough situations. And, you know, how do we deal with that? Well, I think many of the things that Mark talked about are things that are critical uh, to being successful in business when you you might have a potentially bad outcome or you might get challenged in a way that isn't that friendly. And because of that, I believe that the biggest thing you can do is really know your stuff. When you walk into a meeting and you're going to have somebody that might take an adversarial position, you need to know your stuff cold. And then you need to be extremely prepared for the questions that might be asked. And I think there's nothing like anticipating what can be wrong. If you anticipate what could go wrong, then you'll know how to maneuver and you won't get caught in a situation where you don't know where to go. So, you know, I think it's so critical to to just be absolutely prepared and then anticipate, anticipate, anticipate. And when you do that, you can get through those tough situations and come out on the other side. Absolutely. It reminds me of the phrase that you say a lot, become a know-how junkie. Knowing your stuff is super important when you're going into tough situations and where you know you might be 
targeted, if you will, with difficult questions and uncomfortable situations and conversations that just aren't fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I can't overemphasize the importance of anticipating what could go wrong. Because I think when you anticipate what can go wrong, you're ready to adjust and you're ready to move towards a direction that's going to get you out of that trouble and get you to what your end goal ultimately is. In business, we are faced with things that just aren't fun and could go bad. And so I think that that's really helpful advice. All right, question number two. Mark talks about how important it is for a leader to not just lead a team by telling people what to do. They also must be able to influence the people that they lead. How can a leader do this effectively? That's really interesting, Kula, because years ago, Roger Enrico, who was the chairman of PepsiCo, asked me to develop a leadership program for high-potential PepsiCo executives, and I developed it, and it ultimately became taking people with you, and I taught that to over 4,000 people at Yum Brands, but it was basically my method of, of leadership, and it forced me to really think about what is it that I do that may be different than other people, and As you know, I I came up in the marketing route. And one of the things I always did in marketing was I asked people the question, what perceptions, habits, beliefs do you have to change, build, or reinforce to grow the business? And anytime we could answer that question, you know, we always had great business results. For example, at Taco Bell, we learned that the biggest problem that people had with Taco Bell was that our products weren't portable. So we created a bunch of easy-to-eat, on-the-go products that were enormously successful. Now, when it comes to people, I ask the same question. What perceptions, habits, beliefs do people have that I need to either build, change, or reinforce to get people to go where I think we need to go? And when I can understand what's inside of the heads of the people that I lead, know how they're thinking, and then address it and and identify the things we need to do to go forward, knowing where people stand and how they're thinking about the project at hand, I guarantee you, we have a great chance of succeeding. But if you're a leader who just, you know, is like a heat-seeking missile and, and is just heading on your own personal mission without thinking about how other people are thinking and what's on their minds, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to where you want to go. So I really think influence is absolutely critical. And that influence starts only by being empathetic and understanding how your people are thinking about what you're asking them to do. I love that concept of getting inside the minds of the people you lead. Because another thing it helps you do really well is overcome objections that your team might have around a goal you've set or a plan that they need to execute. And so understanding those perceptions and what they think about them and what they feel about them allows you as the leader to help align your people and help overcome objections that might have around achieving whatever goal you've set forth. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Question number three. As we mentioned earlier, Mark's now the CEO of Bardstown Bourbon, which is such a cool bourbon brand. I'm not a big bourbon gal, but I might be after this episode. He's done a really great job of honoring the history of the brand, even as he pushes innovation. David, what advice can you give leaders for how to stay true to their roots while also continuing to innovate? Well, one thing I will say is that people can smell a phony a mile away. If you try to be something that you're not, people will know that you're trying too hard and it really doesn't make sense. 
And one of the things we were blessed with when I was running Young Brands is we had brands that had been around for a long time, you know, 50 years or so. And, you know, Colonel Sanders, one of the most iconic figures around the world, you know, he, he built the business on 11 herbs and spices. And, you know, we had Glenn Bell who started Taco Bell and he had a great value proposition, those crunchy tacos everybody loved. And Frank and Dan Carney, they started Pizza Hut and they created Pan Pizza. And But all of these great leaders, they developed brands that stood for something. And I think the most important thing you can do is understand what does your brand stand for today? And then how do you want to evolve it to make it even better in the future? But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You keep your soul, you keep your brand character, you keep what you stand for, but you make yourself better. It's like what we do as, as people, Kula. You know, it's like you, you have self-awareness, you understand who you are, but you don't want to stay the same. You want to get better every day, but you can't lose sight of who you are. If Kula Callahan starts acting like somebody that she's not, people will go, what's up? But if Kula Callahan says, hey, look, this is who I am, but I'm evolving myself to keep those traits that I have, but get better, everybody's going to go, wow. I mean, that's really something. And isn't it great how she can regenerate herself and become more and more relevant over time? And, you know, that's why I think self-awareness is so key. You got to know who you are. You got to know what the attributes you have as a person, as a brand. You have to have a real appreciation for that. And then you want to know where you're going and then try to do that in a way that's consistent with who you are. So that way you truly are authentic as you go forward. And that balance of authenticity and innovation is really, really tricky. Too many times people will try to change so much that they don't resemble even closely what the brand stood for before. And then you got to go back to basics and really capture that all over again. That's so true. One of my favorite things about the Yum! Brands offices is that you still have the Colonel Sanders Museum in the lobby. It's kind of like this nod to him, but also a signal to everybody who works there that this is who we are. This is where we came from. Yes, we can innovate, but let's not forget about how we started. And, you know, Kula, one of the reasons why we have that museum there is that Colonel Sanders was an incredible innovator. You know, he, he wasn't just bound by tradition. He was an innovative guy. He created the process for cooking the chicken fast. You know, use that pressure cooker that cooked the chicken fast, and that's how you could offer it up in a fast food format. And no one had ever really done that before. So he had the 11 herbs and spices, sure, but it was the pressure cooker that made the chicken fast that really, you know, paved a whole new category of quick service chicken. And so he was a great innovator. And I think what KFC is trying to do in the United States and all around the world is tap into the heritage of the kernel, but contemporize it and innovate and keep pushing the brand forward. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm really loving that new KFC chicken sandwich. I mean, it is fantastic. <laughs> I'm loving it too. And every time I take a bite, I just do a little nod to the iconic man himself, Colonel Sanders. It's good stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. 
Tune in Thursday for my conversation with my good friend and soon to be yours, Stanley Druckenmiller, arguably the greatest investor of all time.